Okay, first and foremost, we are not mental health professionals. We are here to share our experience, but we can't give you medical advice. If you're experiencing a crisis, please reach out to a local or national resource. You can reach the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or find additional mental health resources on the ABA website. Hello. Hey, guys. What's happening? Welcome to... Whoa, are you going to do my part? <laughs> I was leaving I don't you know in. your part, so I'm doing my part. I had to stop myself because <laughs> I was like, I don't know if I know her part. Oh my gosh, you know my part. Uh, welcome to Mansana, Emotion for Mental Health. Wait, I want to kind of, I want to try yours just right. to see how bad I botch it already. Okay, go. This is a podcast dedicated to weekly conversations or something. <laughs> Legal industry, <laughs> mental health, stigma. Those are all your keywords. That's it. Do you guys know where you are? Do you know what this is? <laughs> Have you figured it out yet? Yes, I think they figured it out. They they know what it is. Oh my gosh. This is a podcast dedicated to reducing <laughs> mental health stigma in the legal industry through weekly conversations. There's the weekly conversations part. And That's scene. the part. That's the part that always that always, you know, messes me up. It's There's fine. like a little hair on my microphone. Can you like tickle Can my you face. get you okay. okay? Yep. You Here we now? are. We're good. Okay. Guys, we have an exciting episode planned for you today. I am very excited. We get to talk with the um, clinical director of the Virginia Lawyers. I'm going to mess up the name because it recently changed. The Virginia Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program, um, most recently known as Lawyers Helping Lawyers. Yes. So we are going to do an interview with um, Jim Leffler, who is a licensed professional counselor. He's the clinical director of, I'm just going to keep on calling it LHL because that's been ingrained yeah. in my mind for, I, I mean, not that I took advantage of their services, or their student <laughs> chapter services in law school, but I've always known about them for like years. Yeah. I knew they were a thing. So um, we're going to talk to him uh, later today. He's going to talk about his involvement with the organization um, and his thoughts about you know, mental health in this industry. He is for sure an expert. He's both a mental health expert (laughs) on his own accord and also an expert, particularly to the topic that we talk about every single week. So we are jazzed to have him calling in soon. But we're going to do an update on our mental health journeys first. I don't think we're feeling particularly amazing (laughs) today, either of us. Um, I feel like I had to convince Caitlin to get here in the studio today, but no, Actually, she she rallied. <laughs> she I, rallied. I almost backed out. You wanna wanna talk about what's going on with you today? Yeah. yeah. I just um so I got my period today and simultaneously my body just decided to like be overwhelmed with emotion and anxiety. And so I spent most of the like I, from the second I woke up this morning, I had so much anxiety. I was just like super depressed I think it doesn't help that the weather has been awful in Richmond for the last like week it's been gray and dark and windy and rainy and cold and every time my dog goes outside she comes in with muddy paws (laughs) and she's so cute that she just like jumps around and wants to have fun and there's mud everywhere and I love her but it's like process every time she just wants to go out into the backyard so I feel bad because I don't let her outside as much (laughs) there's just a lot of things that are bringing me down um but I mean the good news is this wasn't like a like a sustained build-up I mean I've been talking about how I've been feeling down lately but like last week you guys heard me mention that everything had been really good this literally hit me like a brick wall 
Um, which was really unfortunate because I had a lot to do at work today and I was having trouble focusing. It's kind of crazy how like one thing changes. Like I get my period and I have hormones like racing through my body or something. And all of a sudden, like all of the mental health issues I've been dealing with for the last year, just like come crashing back down. Yeah. Like I took my ADHD medication, been taking it regularly, took my Lexapro, been taking that regularly. And it today truly felt like none of those were in my system like yeah. I couldn't focus on anything was super depressed I just was telling Laura before we started recording that like I caught myself sitting at my desk earlier just like staring out my window at the rain and feeling sad and like I like snapped back in and I was like okay I have no idea how long I was just staring <laughs> out the window like it was not good um so yeah so so Laura called me because Jin, that's calling in was originally supposed to meet us at the studio but he had an emergency so he couldn't so he's gonna call in instead but so I was very close to just saying like let's reschedule and do this a different day um but she talked me into it so I'm here I'm in my comfy clothes and feeling tired your, but your pants are they don't even have holes in them I know these are not full-on sweats but check out my <laughs> socks okay the socks are a little yeah, like you're depressed a bit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I got my wool socks on <laughs> with some like jogger pants that are too short. I think it looks super fashionable. I'll post a pic to Insta <laughs> so you guys can see what my outfit of the day is. Mm, I love it. Well, Thank you. I'm happy you rallied. I know that's, uh, I don't know. I, it's hard to rally when you're feeling like that. Yeah. But it's interesting though, like when you said that it's almost like all the things that like you're doing and that you're taking like don't matter once like you're in that zone and you feel that way. And I was listening to um, Unfuck Your Brain today, the podcast that I love so much um, <laughs> by Cara Lowenthal. And she was talking a little bit about how like a bad day, it's not, you know, she considers herself, you know, to be like a master of her own thought work, right? She has like a very trained mind. Like there's not tons of like bad days for her, et cetera, because she's done so much work. And, but she was saying how like even her and even other like people in her position, like, when like bad stuff happens like that or even a hormonal shift or something even though you did so much work even though you're taking medication etc those old neural pathways in your brain are still there they're yeah. not used anymore like they're just old circuits it's kind of like some like old overgrown train tracks like in the city but the train tracks are still used sometimes and a train can go flying down and when your mind is in that place where it's like depressed and feeling off and you can't figure out why your brain's sort of like oh uh, I don't know what to do like let's try this old thought pattern. And then that one lights up. But she was saying how like, you don't need to panic about that. That's just like your brain, you know, that's its attempt at like being like, hey, this is a solution. Should we think this like really unhelpful thought? And you know, you don't have to make it into, not that you are, but she was saying you don't have to like lean into making it a moment about how all the things you've done and all the help that you've gotten, the medications that you're on, et cetera, it doesn't mean they're all like all for naught. It's literally just your brain being like, I'm not sure what to do. Let's panic and try this thing and let's just feel awful about it. Um, so I don't know. When I was listening to that this morning, that was like helpful to me because I feel like when I do feel like that or I do feel down or sad, it makes me feel like, wow, okay, I guess I haven't done anything over the past few years to like really manage my mind and like be in therapy and get help. And it makes me feel like it's all for nothing, but it's not. <laughs> it's just it's just like an old yeah. little circuit relighting up when it's not supposed to be. And then it'll turn back off and then, you know, it goes away. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. It's 
of course, super frustrating when like I go to bed last night, super motivated to get up early and do a bunch of work. And then I get up early and I'm like immediately knowing that the day is not going to go how I wanted it to go. Yeah. And then it's like immediately discouraging and I have to try to fight through it and fight through it and do all the work I wanted to do and like do the things I wanted to do. And I just couldn't get there. I just could not get to that mindset where I was like fully motivated and ready to like attack the day. Yeah. But I will say that, and and again, it was it, like that makes so much sense. It, it it felt like I was living in my one year ago self mm-hmm. because of the way my brain was working and the way I was feeling. But I will say that I was also in the back of my mind able to remind myself that this was not going to be permanent, and I was like. So at one point, I just kind of threw my hands up and I was like, right, today's kind of a wash. Like I finished up what I was working on, but I know that tomorrow will be better. Right. Like I was able to get through the day and accept that it was going to be a bad day and just know that tomorrow will be better. And maybe tomorrow won't be a 180, but it might be like a a 90 degree turn and I can like be a little bit more productive tomorrow. And then Thursday, like ride that that mountain or that train like back up the hill. Yeah. Um. That's good. That's like for sure improvement, like over maybe like what your old self would think and just sort of panic about it, like being here and not knowing how long it will last or whatever. I think that's like lots of improvement. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So whatever. Today sucked, but (laughs) it is. I have to like almost acknowledge that immediately when I when I feel like that. And I'm always kind of like, okay, not going to go how you planned. Let's set up a new realistic goal because otherwise it gets so much worse for me and I beat myself up about not meeting that expectation that I originally set I have to like immediately revise my expectation and be like we're gonna expect like a five we're gonna go for a five (laughs) that's like actually five because I was my goal was to build seven hours today (laughs) and by like halfway through the day I was like at three hours and I was like there's no way so I crossed out the seven and I wrote down a 5.5 and I felt much better about that and then I got to that and then I was able to like I said just like throw my hands in the air and say like okay the rest of the day is a wash yeah yeah it was what you have to do I think it's helpful I mean it is what it is like you just have to ride with that yep exactly what about you? Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like the weather, et cetera, has been making me feel oh, off, yeah. too. <laughs> Wait, it's sorry. Awful. It's just yeah. so funny because um, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you saw that I posted kind of a long thing on <laughs> the Instagram. Yeah, and I was like, if you're feeling down, like, shoot me a message. And immediately I had messages in the inbox, and I was like, oh, sweet. Like, people are already replying. And it was just Lara being like, me too, man. <laughs> <laughs> so then we chatted, and it was great. But yeah. it was just so funny because we were, like, 100% on the same page. I'm over it I'm really over it I'm yeah. very seasonally affected. I know you are I yeah. hate it like if I don't get sun like a whole day without sun is very very depressing for me so like multiple days of multiple days of rain is I just can't fathom it like Ugh, there's yeah. no way I'd be able to live in a place that had lots of gray rainy days I don't I don't know and I don't want to sit by a grow light like a plant I am a plant but like I don't I am not a house plant yeah I'm an outdoor plant so um yeah I don't know I've just been feeling like kind of unexplainably off as well I think my uh, cycle is coming up too so yeah I don't know I've just kind of like lowered my expectations a little bit I was thinking about today I was um letting my dog run loose in our normal secret running loose place in the city and um have you guys seen Inception like everybody's seen Inception right yeah like so you know how they have like the spinning top that's a totem to tell them when they're in um a dream state like everybody has their own little like totem um, and I think for Leo, et cetera, his is like the spinning top. And I was thinking about today how, 
I think my totem for when my brain is acting up is like thoughts about like my dog. They're always there. But it's good though because it lets me know that like my brain is in like a weird place and I shouldn't really be listening full stock to it. Like the brain is just another organ that like sometimes works the way you want it to, right? So like most of the time you like trust your thoughts and trust trust your brain. But like people have an interesting way of believing everything their brain says is like truth and facts and like I don't know I think that like 99% of the time that's like not true (laughs) that's not a thing we just our brain tells us something and we're like gathering input from a situation and we're like yes yes we can see that that's true that's not that's not a thing so but you have to constantly remind yourself of that and I let my dog loose in this yard um, and I do this, I don't know, probably four times a week. It's a completely enclosed schoolyard. There is not, there's no risk here, like, <laughs> yeah. et cetera. And I just, I like lost sight of her for a second because she was behind the gazebo. Like she always is like looking for squirrels. And my immediate thought about that was like, I can't see Willow. I'm panicking. Where is she? And I'm like, literally it was two seconds. Aww. And I was like, okay, this is your totem right here is a good signal to where your brain is being wonky maybe don't just lean into whatever like trail you're going down because it's just an unrealistic it's just an unrealistic thought to follow like I could follow it and be super worried or whatever but I immediately felt my anxiety spike when I couldn't see her for just a second and I was like okay this is it yeah so I'm gonna use that as my totem and like look out for other totems too like other totems for me are like just being like paranoid about things left to plug in and stuff just being like very unreasonable about certain like OCD kind of like things I know when that's happening that my brain is not in its normal kind of range where I trust it more so that was a helpful thought for me to discover today anyway even though I'm feeling off yeah that's actually so so interesting to me because now that I'm thinking about it I think that one of my recurring thoughts like that Mm -hmm. is my relationship. And like, I actually, now that I think about it last night was like, and I I will like spiral like terrible thoughts. And I like, when I talked to my therapist about it, she said it's something like relationship OCD. Like I just, sometimes I get like intrusive thoughts that like my partner doesn't love me or doesn't care about me or must be talking to someone else or like mm-hmm. all of these just like spiraling things that like when I take a second to think about it, I know aren't true, but this used to be like one point of like extreme anxiety for me last year. And last night I started kind of like spiraling like that again, right before bed, which is when I used to do most of my thinking about this and have my, like the most anxiety about it, which is when I have the most anxiety about most things. Mm -hmm. Um, also when I used to have panic attacks growing up about dying and space. Um, yeah. And space. (laughs) So that's so interesting because I maybe could have, like if I had thought about this before, Mm -hmm. I maybe could have noticed last night that that was like a trigger that I was starting to like feel anxiety and that yeah. maybe waking up this morning was not going to be so good or like yeah. could have been prepared Something. for the way I felt because because then all, all day today also like that yeah. was one thing that I was constantly thinking about. Yeah. And I've kind of trained myself with it because it has been such a point of unwarranted anxiety for me for a while now. Um so I was kind of able to just like push it back and say like okay, you know this isn't happening, like think about something else, but it definitely was kind of like that totem of like, okay, wait, now I can, and and again, it goes back to like, 
my brain going through old neural pathways yeah. and like old, it's your train old circuits, tracks. right? Yeah, you're feeling down, so you're like, oh, brain. Uh, yeah. What, what can we stress about? What can we figure out? Oh, let's think about our relationship problems. Yeah. Or you know, wh- whatever. Yeah. Whatever you think of as a problem, it's a thing. Yeah, that's so crazy. That's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna think about more totems now that I've. Because I thought about the Inception analogy today, and I love Inception. And I also, yeah. like, have been listening to the Inception soundtrack a lot because it's such beautiful classical music. Anyway, that's an yeah. aside. Um, but, yeah. Think about your totems, guys. Yeah. Think about, like, the warning signs that your brain is in, like, a really dumb place. Yeah. And maybe don't listen to it What are, much. like, your recurring anxiety triggers? Yeah. Or not even an actual trigger. It's probably, like, after the trigger. Yeah. Right. It's after the trigger. It's, like, whenever you're in that, like, weird spot... And your brain's like, oh, what are we, what yeah. are we going to think about? Do and you have, yeah. Thinking about that problematic thing, that is your totem. If it's yep. you always come back to, that's a constant source. And, and when you're not feeling that way, you know that that's not a thing. Yeah. That is your totem. Watch out for it and don't listen to your brain. It's that's not always truthful. I hope other people relate to us and it's not just us that have <laughs> this, like, weird made up thoughts no, in our head. But I always have recurring. I have many more recurring things. I feel like people have recurring things. It's yeah. a, it's a thing. Yeah, for sure. It must be. All right. Is that it? I think. Anything yeah, that's, that's my update, I believe. Okay. Should we call Jim? Well, first we have a new segment. It's called Confessions Corner. Oh, I, you know, I <laughs> didn't know about this. <laughs> I wasn't aware it was going to be a confession today. It's just my confession oh, okay, that okay. I did not read for book club for this episode <laughs> because. Like I'm not I participating said, in this confession. This is your confession. <laughs> because like I said, Jim was supposed to be here in the studio and he's not reading the book. So I didn't want to make him listen to me talk for five minutes about this book I'm reading that he doesn't know anything about so your homework (laughs) part of your homework is going to be to finish the book by next week that might be a tall ask I know last we left off we had like the whole second and third parts of the book but do your best to get through it because next week we will have Heidi on the air so do your best to finish the book I'm gonna finish it by the time we talk with her um, but yeah, that's my confession. I did not do my Thank you homework for, that. for the week. <laughs> oh, but something really cool. We have another book lined up for book club. So once we're finished with this, we actually had an author, another author reach out to us on Instagram who wrote a book about recovery. And as far as I can tell, she was in big law and she wrote a book about recovery. So I'm going to read that next and we're hopefully going to connect with her and maybe get her on the podcast. If not, just talk to her. Um, so book club is a real thing. All right. Before we get started, before we jump into this new interview with Jim, let's talk quickly about last week's interview with Ryan, because it was really fun. Hopefully, you guys have all had a chance to listen to it by now. Um, What was your favorite part of that interview, Laura? Favorite part? (laughs) Being along as like a firsthand uh, rider with her on the wild ride, because I I really didn't know how any of that like shook out. Um, I just sort of thought like, it would be your normal David and Goliath story of like enough small like request and constant requests for like having more mental health support in the law school. I did not realize it shook out that way. So yeah. just sort of being like in that first hand position of not knowing anything about what happened. And like, Well, yeah, I realized you could kind of tell with the questions we were asking that we didn't actually know how yeah. it happened because I was like, oh, so when did you approach the administration? Right. And I was like, oh, no, they all emailed me at once. I was like, oh, I know whoa. we were all just like learning about what happened together, essentially, yeah. because I feel like when I asked around when that above the law article came out, 
nobody really knew what happened. They were just as flabbergasted as me. And then I kind of forgot about it. So like, yeah. Yeah. So like getting that side of the story, I think was my favorite part um, for sure. And I don't know, my, my, I guess my second favorite part is that like the things that were put in place then still exist today and still help at least some people today. It's like a great success story and a model for what, you know, other students or other people in, you know, a different, a workplace or something, um, you know, maybe not going to like a newspaper, um, necessarily if you're like in a firm situation or something, but like, you know, a model for how to, how to build that cultural shift that needs to happen around talking about mental health. Yeah. I think, I think for me, it was just a really good reminder that having these conversations works. Like if you start talking about this, someone's eventually going to listen, whether, you go to your school newspaper or you go to your HR office in your firm or something, people are starting to listen to these conversations and change is happening. You guys will hear Jim talk about how the mindset has shifted here in Virginia. And I just think that it's probably not just here, right? It's got to be happening everywhere. So I think it was a good reminder that this stuff is working and that it's real and that we're going to get somewhere. We're yeah. going to get to a point where mental health is just as important as physical health. Yep. Just and I'm excited doing for it. it. Keep talking. Yeah. So thank you, Ryan. Um, and now we have more fun stuff for you. More fun stuff. Okay, everybody. So I have Jim Leffler on the phone. He is the clinical director of the Virginia Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program that was formerly known as Lawyers Helping Lawyers. He served in a variety of capacities, actually, with this organization. Um, He's the current clinical director. He's a licensed professional counselor. Did I get that all right, Jim? That's all perfect. And then I think you've served in other capacities with the organization as well, right? I think you were executive director at some point. You managed mental health services there. But feel free to introduce yourself and, um, yeah, let our our listeners know who you are. Can you explain a little bit about the uh, the program's role in our industry and some of the services that you provide to our industry? Sure. Um, we function similar to an employee assistance program that some good companies have, some insurance companies offer. Um, so basically what our job is is to help people. We help people um, to get the help that they need. Uh, with issues related to mental health or substance abuse. Um, so about 70% of the calls that we get are from people that want help, and about 30% are from individuals who have some kind of supervisory role over somebody, and they're referring to the other person. And in an employee assistance program, that frequently happens as well. Um, so the people that call us initially, if they just want to help themselves, we're trying to figure out what's going on with them and try to hook them up with a volunteer who may have had the same or similar problem, um, and get them the help that they need if they need, if they need 
therapist or if they need help getting to 12-step meetings or they need help um, dealing with perhaps um, some kind of legal issue they don't know how to deal with. Um, sometimes it's just a question. About every year we get about three or four calls from people, um, usually young lawyers who are uh, just practicing, usually they're litigators and they get a complaint and they're just freaking out because they've got a complaint, um, which, you know, anytime you're dealing with the bar, everybody freaks out. Right. But if you haven't ever, if you haven't ever had a complaint, you freak out even more than if you have. Um, and so those kind of people, all we have to do is hook them up with, you know, some of our volunteers who've been doing, you know, um, litigation, either, either um, criminal or family, and almost all those people at some point get a complaint and they can walk them through the process. Um, okay. You know, other people, uh, other people call who are having, you know, some issues with their marriage, having issues with, um, you know, other things going on in their life, and all they really want to do is talk on the phone a few times. And so we talk with them on the phone. Um, other people call up and know that they need some kind of help, either they need therapy for, you know, significant depression, anxiety, or stress kind of thing. Um, and we hook those people up with therapists. Um, so far, all of our therapists have been actually vetted by other lawyers who have worked with the person um, and have gotten help if they felt good. Um, and so, you know, those are the people that... And we also have support groups around the state that deal with... Um, we have a number of 12-step support groups that are... Um, basically, similar to, to an AA or an NA meeting, but they're only open to legal professionals. Um, and the primary purpose of a 12-step program is to help the suffering addict or alcoholic. And they, they can't really um, differentiate specialties. So our, our meetings aren't really... Aren't really, can't really be called an AA meeting or an AA meeting. We call them President Bill meetings because Bill Wilson started um, AA. Okay. But they, they, they work similarly to a 12-step or to an AA meeting. You know, people come in and they use a lot of initial um, readings and things. But then people can deal with, you know, their addiction issues. And the difference really is it's, it's not unusual for a lawyer trying to get sober, starting to get sober, um, when they go into, I mean, anybody getting sober tries to figure out that they don't really need to get sober. I mean, that's what everybody does. Nobody really thinks that they're bad enough that they need to get sober, even though they underlying it do know that. Right. So they look, they look for reasons why they don't fit into a group. And so lawyers frequently go in there and think they're smarter than everybody else is in that group. <laughs> no, shocker. <laughs> um, and well, and the thing is, sometimes they are. But um, so if they come to a group of other lawyers, you know, some who have more prestigious jobs than they do, or have been to better colleges than they've been to, um, you know, some of that uh, pride and hubris can get knocked down pretty quickly, and they can feel more comfortable in those meetings, you know. Yeah. There's also some things that happen in 12-step meetings that, that make lawyers uncomfortable. Um, 
lot of people in the 12-step meeting, you have some legal problems going on. And when people find out somebody's a lawyer, frequently they ask for help. Um, and sometimes that's not a good thing for the lawyer to be doing. You know, it's like a dual, dual relationship with people. It's not. Right. Um, Do you think that some of that kind of hesitation from attorneys to join, um, you know, other AA programs, do you think that stigma plays a role there as far as, you know, an attorney being seen at one of those meetings or kind of thing? Like in addition to the fact that there's the fear that they may get asked for legal advice or something in the meeting? Oh, certainly. Um, that's, that's, that's the issue, you know, everybody has. Um, whether they're a lawyer or not, the lawyers, are, you know, have more more reason to actually be concerned about that on one level. Um, although, if you think about it, if you're going to an AA meeting and somebody sees you in an AA meeting, they're not going to, I mean, they understand, yeah, I mean, it's important to them as well. Right, uh, right. But that's what people feel like. And it's not, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a fear that everybody has. Um, you know, and it takes, it just takes going a few times to recognize that the people in there. So just trying to get like a sense of, just trying to get a, a sense of what the organization provides. So it really acts as like a, well, it seems like it wears many hats. It's a, it's a facilitator to connect individuals to, so volunteer attorneys um, looking to talk with them to um to like train mental health professionals like therapists and also running these 12-step groups so it seems like it's like a facilitator and a provider really then yeah the the 12-step groups again you know they're not we don't really consider them therapy we also offer support groups that we call wellness groups that um are open to anybody to come to whether they've got an addiction issue or any kind of issue a lot of people come to that when they're just Rest at work, various um, problems in their marriage. They're, you know, not sure they want to be a lawyer anymore. Um, you know, so we have those kinds of groups too, where people can come and just talk about what's going on in their lives and how stressful the job is. Right. Um, and you know, most of the time, I can just speak for myself. If I don't talk about what's going on with me. You know, it's a lot worse than when I finally get out in the open and I share it. Because right. I can just make mountains out of molehills. You know, know that I'm going to live under a bridge because, you know, I forgot to pay my water bill. You know, because I can let it go that far if I let it. So, right. you know, it's important that some reality testing happen in those groups. And that's, a, you know, uh, that's a really important thing that we do. Um, so, yeah, that, that's for, you know, people that are just, in general, come to us themselves. But say a firm is having concerns about somebody or um, a judge is having concerns about a lawyer or the board of bar examiners is having concerns about an applicant or the bar is having concerns about somebody, um, they can send them to us and we'll do a pretty thorough psychological assessment and figure out what we think that person needs and report back to the referring person after after the person that comes to us signs the release report, and we can work out even a contract with that person. And the person who referred them to us, or the organization that referred 
better, or the board of our examiners feel better after the person's demonstrated some um, investment into their recovery. That's a, that's you know, super interesting yeah. about the, the bar and kind of getting involved. I was under the impression that it was more um, just all coming from attorneys. And I know we've talked on the podcast before about um, we've talked on the podcast before about like the different sort of like mental health implication questions on your bar exam application. And sort of we were always wondering, like, what what happened with those? You know, why are they on there, et cetera? And so as part of that, like, I don't know if you know this, but if someone answers, you know, something on that, would that case maybe? Um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't just be answering the question. Okay. Okay, and actually, the way those questions have been changed now, I don't think any. The way the question is is phrased, I think at this point, I I'm not sure I'm going to get it completely right, but it is. Have, have you had any kind of psychological or addictive issue? that would impact your ability to practice law in the last five years or something like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can tell you, anybody, anybody that is an addict right. is going to say no to that, whether it has or not. What the Board of Bar Examiners in Virginia, I can't talk to other states because I really haven't had a lot of, um, I've done some evaluations for other um, Bar Examiners if, if somebody was living in Virginia. But basically what, they've always wanted was for you to be mature about what's going on in your life. So mm-hmm. if, if you had those issues and you had gotten therapy and done what you were supposed to do, um, that wasn't going to ever keep you from being a lawyer. Right. There's a myth that goes around all law schools that people think if they get therapy or they've ever had therapy that the bar is not going to license or the board of our examiners is going to refuse to license them for that. And that has never been the case in the 60 years I've been here. Um, they've always, you know, they've, um, Steve Isaacs, uh, um, head of the characters in this committee, um, has, uh, has always said, you know, the responsible thing for somebody that's feeling stressed out lost is to get counseling. Getting that counseling is not going to keep them from getting a license because that's the mature, rational thing that somebody should do. Right, to get help. Um, yeah, so people don't have, people, you know, people are afraid of that. Yeah. Um, actually, usually, usually the things that trigger the Board of Bar Examiners are actually like arrests. Um, so if you get a DUI in law school, they're going to look at you pretty closely. Right. If you had more than one arrest for uh, alcohol or drug-related stuff, they may send that person to us to have us evaluate them. Okay. Um, depending on how long ago it was. You know, anything that's over five years ago, they probably won't. Um, missing time from school because of um, a psychiatric or substance abuse treatment. Um, the law school has to report that to the Board of Bar Examiners. And, you know, they're going to look at it pretty closely anyway if you had to take time off from school because the disorder or the addiction was that great. Um, that doesn't mean you're not going to get your license. They're just going to look at it closer, and you might have to have a hearing. We've okay. been really working with a lot, a lot of the law schools, though, and 
um, what we do is we do evaluations when, you know, at most law schools now, you have to report when you get arrested or um, when you've had a problem with substances. And so what we've been doing is starting working with those people while they're in law school, getting them to get some help, and uh, working with one of our volunteers and getting under a contract with us. And when they're under a contract with us, you know, the Board of Bar Examiners knows that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And the last, um, the last bar, the last bar exam, there were three people that were under contract with us that didn't have to have a hearing that probably two or three years ago would have definitely had to have a hearing. But because they were under contract with us while they were in law school, they demonstrated um, time of recognizing that they had a problem and doing something about the problem. And the Board of Bar Examiners just let them um, pass without even having um, a hearing. That's great information. And I think what you said about like the rumor mill at law school and the misinformation that kind of flies around... Um, you know, about, you know, being afraid to list therapy or any sort of mental health treatment. I mean, I know for sure that that was a fear of mine and it sort of stopped me from getting therapy when I sort of thought, you know, it might be good for me to go to some therapy. And I was like, well, I don't want to raise any red flags, even though, I mean, I think what was said was like, oh, you know, they just want you to report it. It doesn't really matter. And we were all kind of like, well, let's just err on the side of caution and not raise any flags at all. But I see what you're saying. I mean, the the Board of Bar Examiners cares about you being prudent and mature and, you know, seeking the help that you need. I mean, that makes sense. And that's how I would want them to be about it. I think that's how everybody would want them to be about it. Have you, just to shift a bit, have you seen the culture around mental health in any, you know, conceptions or misconceptions shift since you've been with um, the Virginia Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program? Because you've been with them for a bit now. Like, have the conversations been different? I know we talked about the, you know, the bar questions being different and that culture kind of shifting. But in other ways, have you seen a shift in people talking or people's thoughts about it? No, I think the world is completely different today than it was even five years ago. Okay. Um, you know, there's been a lot of things that happened. Actually, what's pretty amazing is that Virginia, who would have thought it, um, has been like one of the leading, if, if not the leading, one of the leading states dealing with mental health and substance abuse issues. Um, the bar passed two ethical, legal, legal ethical opinions um, a few years ago basically says that if you're supervising an attorney or you have any kind of supervisory responsibilities um, for an attorney, um, if you recognize that they may have a mental health or substance abuse issue, you should, you know, try to get them help either through the lawyer's assistance program or through um, some other kind of counseling service. Um, and that's kind of amazing that the bar would, you know, pass that. Um, there's also, also in the, uh, the second one, they, in 1987, basically said uh, that you should try to help the person at least recognize they have a problem or something like that. Um, yeah. I didn't know about that. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, and, um, you know, it's, it's amazing. I mean, the, 
PADA uh, has um, an organization called the Commission on Lawyers Assistance Programs, and it's sort of a everybody that does lawyers assistance, uh, or every state that has one, basically is a member of that. And uh, the year that Virginia did that, that was the talk of the conference was how Virginia did that. Did a study, um, a comprehensive study on addiction and mental health among attorneys. Um, and, you know, anybody that's been in this field, it wasn't a real big surprise. Um, but, you know, what it shows is that um, attorneys have a two to three times higher rate of addiction than the general population, that um, at any one point in time, 30 percent, 35% of lawyers are depressed. Um, you know, the lawyers have a much higher rate of anxiety um, than the general population. So, you know, people that, that are working in the field were not surprised by this, but it got a lot of attention um, in, in um, the legal community because of that. And so basically one of the things that happened because of that was the ABA did um, develop a, a commission on lawyer wellness and Virginia was lucky enough to have our uh, Chief Justice chair that um, committee. What came out of that recommendation was basically um, uh, that the Supreme Court would start a wellness program as part of the Supreme Court. And also, um, in order to fund that, they would um, and got passed with legislation an assessment on every attorney of um, $30, and with that $30, they're funding the wellness program, and they're also, um, they also contracted with us, so our budget tripled when they did that, and we were able to hire um, three more people, and Tim could go full time, so yeah. it made a significant difference in our lives. Um, That's great, and then for and everybody else, who you help as well. <laughs> Yeah. Um, Do you see any shifts like over the years in, I don't know, like maybe in the attitudes or conceptions of individuals themselves kind of calling in to the center or getting help? Do you feel like there's more people that call in now, maybe not by virtue of, um, you know, not by virtue of necessarily like more people who have issues with anxiety or depression or substance abuse, although that could also, you know, supposedly be a thing. But do you feel like that people are more open and willing to talk about those kind of issues now? Like, do you think that the landscape is better to talk about those things? Oh, yeah. I think without a doubt, with the whole, with this whole wellness, this, this whole idea of wellness, um, I guess looking at it from the perspective of wellness rather than disease, mm-hmm. I think it's, really helps um, a lot of people just kind of open up their eyes to how um, the legal community has not been a beacon of hell, you know, <laughs> and sort of like what I was talking about before, if, if I keep things secret, I just, it's not intentionally keeping things secret, but if I never talk about them, 
they are secret, even if I'm not keeping them secret. Um, and I and they could be completely, completely. Um, my reality that that incident or that fact may not be true at all, because um, it could just be my perception of that fact, and I need somebody else to tell me what's reality. Right. Uh, and I think a lot of us do that. Yeah. I think all of us probably need that at some point. So do you think that, um, well, I guess, so let me shift again. How can we like continue helping the conversation around mental health grow like in the, in the right way? And more specifically, like how can other people get involved with the Virginia judges and lawyers assistance program? I know you mentioned, um, volunteering, there so how does how does that work and yeah how do we just improve and help the organization help others um you know because we really haven't had the staff in the past to really um feed our volunteers the way we needed to um well what i would say is three quarters of our board are volunteers that's one thing you can think about joining the board has um, 22 people on the board, um, and I guess eight of them are, either six or eight of them are actually appointed by the Supreme Court, and the rest of them are open slots. You can also look at our website and look at who's on our um, board, and you can look at that. If you've had issues related to mental health or substance abuse, we're always looking for volunteers to do that. I'm always looking for volunteers to help with um, looking at really trying to start more groups around the state. Um, so, you know, whether you've had mental health issues or not, if you'd be willing to help us start um, wellness groups, it's basically just talking about what's going on in your life to other people. Um, those groups we try to have a licensed mental health professional at. But it's a support group. They're not really doing therapy. They're just there to, in case somebody needs specific help, um, they can get the help that they need. Um, but it's a support group just to come and talk. So that would be one thing if people are willing to help with groups. If they have a substance abuse history and are in recovery, um, that's really helpful because those groups, we feel like um, people that are in recovery and have been going to AA um, or NA or another AA or another whatever, um, can handle those groups because they've been doing it forever anyway, you know. Um, but we're really trying to get more of those groups out and available um, because I think they're needed. Um, we just started a women's support group in Northern Virginia, and we just started a women's support group in Richmond, um, which I think is really needed as well. Um so, you know, if those are things people are interested in doing, um, there are forms on our website, which is bjlap.org, that people can fill out as far as volunteering. Um, another thing is, is we do um, have our booth at various um, organization conferences, um, the BBA, BCLA, the BADA. Um, and at judges' trainings and anywhere else that anybody would want to set up our exhibit, which we have to do. 
Um, if there's anywhere you'd like us to do a CLE, we offer that for free. Um, we can do, you know, um, CLEs on a number of different things that have already been approved. Some of them are ethics and some of them aren't. Um, but we're happy to do them for your local bar um, or for a small um, for a firm or for a group of whomever um, that might be interested in doing that. We also have a conference every year um, in September that usually has eight CLEs. It's, it's usually, and you could also meet people and, you know, talk to other people that are in the wellness. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I know now my future CLE plans, my volunteer plans, my Wellness Wednesday plans, and also potentially finding a new therapist through you guys. So I think I'm pretty much all set here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you hear that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, hope the listeners found it helpful, but I found it super helpful <laughs> just personally for me selfishly. <laughs> so that's awesome information. Well, what? That's awesome. <laughs> Yeah. I feel really good that you did. That's great. Yeah. yeah. No, for serious. I'm definitely not kidding about any of those things. So um, that's awesome. I didn't know. I really didn't know about, like, all the different ways that this organization provides for this community. So that's such good information. Um, thank you for talking with us about this. I don't – I get the sense also that um, – a lot of our listeners like knew about like lawyers helping lawyers. They have maybe chapters in law school, but I, I, I don't think I'm alone in sort of not realizing like the vast diversity and wealth of services that y'all provide. So thank you for all this information and thank you for coming on to talk with us today. Thank you so much for asking me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Well, thank you, Jim. So that was our whole interview with Jim Leffler. Yeah. Like, what a wealth of knowledge that man yeah. is. Like, and also, I didn't know about actually three quarters. Yeah, I didn't know any of that. <laughs> of the services they provide. That's crazy. Yeah. We're literally doing this podcast every week. And like, I, I don't know. I mean, I knew and I don't know that we mentioned this. If we did mention it, we didn't, I feel like we didn't really stamp this out, but this is a completely confidential service. So like all calls that are going into this, um, Virginia lawyers and judges assistance program slash lawyers, helping lawyers, which we kind of all know it by, um, everything is fully confidential. These are like licensed mental health professionals and the volunteer attorneys who help are also under contract of confidence. So keep that in mind, of course, for all of these programs. Um, yeah. But I just thought it was a hotline of people, like, maybe, like, in kind of panic situations calling in. I didn't realize, like, the Wellness Wednesdays, the therapy facilitation, like, all the volunteer opportunities. Like, that's so cool. I really am doing all the things that I just said yeah, I would do. I honestly had no idea about any of that. Like, yeah. I had no clue. And, that I mean, that was awesome. Like, I, I was taking notes during that because I – so, just so you all know – um. Laura was on the phone on her mic and I was across the table and Jim couldn't really hear me. So that's why I stayed silent. But I was taking notes during it because I just thought everything he was saying was really awesome. Um, And like I couldn't even I couldn't even pick one thing that was like my favorite. But I think first and foremost, the fact that they actually provide meetings for lawyers to go to where Mm -hmm. lawyers can feel comfortable talking about mental health 
with other people that have very, very similar experiences. I mean, that's exactly why we started this podcast, right? Like, we wanted to talk to each other about this. We wanted to talk to you guys about this so that you all know that we're here having these same struggles that you're all having. And, I mean, there there are several concerns when it comes to, like, going to a group meeting such as AA or Narcotics Anonymous or whatever it is when you're a lawyer and you're supposed to be this, like, upstanding citizen in the community what if you run into one of your clients there, right? Like if you're a criminal defense lawyer and you walk into one of these, or it doesn't have to be criminal defense, but just, you know, like anything. Yeah. It could be anything. Or just group, regular group therapy. Like I definitely have hesitations walking in. Not that I thought so much that I would see clients, but the idea of like an attorney, I don't know. I just had a lot of stigmatized thoughts kind of about it. I was like, Oh man, I don't like, I don't know. We're, we're the trusted advisors, right? We're like, we're supposed to be the, the people who are like competent and helping other members of the community and the sort of admitting that there is a mental health issue. But like the key is like, that should be fully turned around. Like Jim was saying, and it should be like valued for like, Oh wow, here's a professional mature person getting help, recognizing they need help a and B then getting the help they need instead of not doing anything and letting that issue potentially actually affect their work. Yeah, and we got some really good insight about the um, bar question, yeah. the bar application question. Right. That was cool to hear that he was like, listen, there are these rumors in law school that people think that if they get mental health treatment, they're not going to get admitted to the bar. And it's really awesome to know that in Virginia, that's just not how that works. Right. Because right. we heard those rumors. I know. I we know. We talked about that's them why on the I podcast. Didn't put th- that's why I literally like was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't do therapy this right. time. You yeah. know. So that is obviously for sure a thing. So I'm glad that that's not actually happening, at least in Virginia. And I mean, that rumor mill will still happen, but hopefully some of y'all listen to this and like put put, put some, and that's a person, I think he's worked with this organization for, for sure over 10 years, maybe 15 years. So he would know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so moral of the story is, if you're in Virginia, get involved with the Virginia Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program, formerly Lawyers Helping Lawyers, in whatever way that you can, or use them as a resource. I should say and or, use them as a resource. We're gonna try to get involved with them. Um, I just, I thought that was really cool. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Reach out to us and let us know what you think. Yeah, it's awesome. move on to some happy happy pills and homework you have a good happy pill this week. i do have a good happy pill this week i'm gonna try to make this really quick because i feel like our episodes have just been (laughs) getting longer and longer we've had cool people to interview it's not our fault it's so hard they're too cool i know um all right my happy pill is i got a new car a brand new car and it was the first time in my life i've ever been able to purchase a car without the help of a family member like a co-signer or someone um so i'm super pumped about it it's a brand new 2020 volkswagen tiguan had to get the suv and i have a little more room for my dog (laughs) um but of course i already bought like the full weather mat to cover the entire back seat because i just don't trust her with my brand new leather seat muddy paws in the rain yeah yeah um but it's really cool like the coolest feature is that there's a, a pad in the like center console that you can just put your phone on and it charges. That's cool. Right? That's some 2020 stuff right I there. I know. That's exciting. I know. It's really cool. So my phone's never going to be dead. Yay <laughs> for 2020, never having a dead phone. Um, and I just have a dope car now. So that's, exciting. that's my happy pill. It's a great happy pill. Yeah. What's yours? Um, 
I think, well, I think I already mentioned it earlier. My hubby Phil is going to D.C. to see one of my uh, best friends from law school, Gina. She's um, She works for Big Law in Boston. Oh, she's in D.C.? Yeah, so oh, she's hey, in Gina. D.C. for the week. Yeah, so she's coming down um, because her firm's sending her down, and she's all bougie now. So oh, okay. um, I get to stay with her in her swanky hotel in D.C. We get our little per diem, you know. So, oh, my gosh. Um, Classic. I'm excited. Uh, and I'm also super excited to see her, obviously, but additionally, just because I didn't think I was – usually see her every winter we go skiing together and um i didn't think i was going to be able to this year because i went to colorado instead for my right. lavish ski trip um so it was just like random happenstance that she was coming to dc this week nice. so i'm actually gonna get the date right and go up <laughs> and see her it'll be very exciting uh that's so, good yeah that's my happy pill for the week well that's awesome i hope you guys have fun we shall uh i think homework should be to visit the virginia lawyers no sorry virginia judges and lawyers assistance program <laughs> lawyers helping lawyers uh first and foremost make sure you get the website correct because i just typed in the wrong website <laughs> and ended up um all right if you type in lawyers helping lawyers it'll get you to the right place. okay yeah that's true because i ended up at a vintage motorcycle <laughs> of los angeles website which was not what i was uh, looking for but i'll tell you right now it is vjlap as in program org so check out their website find some volunteering opportunities if you guys are in other states i know we have listeners that are not just in virginia let us know what you guys have in your state if you have something like the virginia judges and lawyers assistance program or something else that's similar or if you don't have it let's talk about getting you connected with the virginia program and see if they can help you start something like this in your state because it sounds really cool and i think everyone should have access to a program like this for sure all right. That it? I think that's it. All right, Have peace out. Awesome rest of your week. Bye. Bye. Hey, self-care partners. Just a reminder to subscribe, rate us, and leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And if you don't mind, give us a follow on Instagram at Emotion for Mental Health and like us on Facebook. If you want to participate in our conversation, slide into our DMs or shoot us an email at emotionformentalhealth at gmail.com. Talk, Talk to, to you soon. soon.